Hey, this is Keith. Or some actor playing Keith, I'm not really sure anymore. But um, we're coming to the end. The end of my Los Angeles con spree. But before I leave, I have some scores to set and discover a couple truths to be revealed. It's all going to come down to the season finale of Rideshare Episode X. It's going to drop on December 3rd. Now, until then, I want you to catch up by binge listening the first season. And I suggest that you do exactly as I say. Or you're going to miss all the fun. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. He never gives up. He'll stay till the fight's won. G.I. Joe will dare. G.I. Joe Everybody and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe experience that you experience in podcast availability and possibility. The experience that you experience in podcast availability and possibility? That made sense. People at home get me. No, none of them do. <laughs> none of them do. Not even the five-star reviewers. They don't get it either. <laughs> I, you know what? Somebody at home, give us a five-star review and put, my favorite part of the show is Ray's introductions because I always <laughs> understand them. Please, for me. If that actually Chan, when you, when you do your five-star review, uh-huh. could you put that in the text <laughs> First box? off, when I do review the show, it will be a one-star review. God damn it! <laughs> Secondly, in any case, this is episode 20 of Knowing is Half the Podcast. You made it, folks. How about that Buzz Dixon episode, everybody? Can I just take a minute right now and just say how awesome that was? What yeah, a great experience to That's have. as good as this show is going to get, oh. so you know. Oh. It's all downhill from here, Gina. I'm yep. sorry. <laughs> uh, but this week, we're going to be talking about a spe- very special episode with political season coming up, the big debates happening. Yeah, it's timely. And we mm-hmm. get a, it's timely 30 years later. <laughs> This is an episode called Cobra's Candidate, where, you know, dude is a candidate for Cobra. Quick question. Uh, which of the... I'm going to throw it to, throw it up to any... I was about to say GOP candidates. No, I'm going to throw it to any presidential candidate. Which one of them is a Cobra mole? Which one of them is a Cobra mole? Yeah. I think it's going to be the one you least suspect. So I'm going uh, Lincoln Chafee. Lincoln Chafee. <laughs> I mean, yeah, least suspect, but also they have to be able to accomplish something. Well, By the way, whoever's listening to this uh, 10 years from now, n- n- not going to have any idea who Lincoln Chafee is. Guys, no. Lincoln Chafee was somebody who was running for the Democratic presidential nod, and then after one really terrible debate, dropped out he's known for wanting to uh switch to the metric system oh what damn there i wish goes. i had known that before i Sorry. was completely disinterested in him had yeah. a chance uh to me to me it's the obvious person is ted cruz is oh. to be very clearly the cobra bowl because cobra is subtle but they're not that subtle. i feel like the obvious That's... person is clearly donald trump like he's the most obvious <laughs> it would make sense yeah except that he is so over the top that i feel like he is actually uh, uh, working Sartan. against. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! When you ask him questions, like ah, duh, duh. well, you know, what? it's like the walls and Donald Trump is our tan. Donald Trump and he's is just our sweating tan. profusely, yeah. and he tries to run yeah. out of the room. This all it, clicks. It explains everything. Yeah. It explains the the weird consistency ex- of his skin. No, yeah, his hair could be a hood. Oh We're yeah, not sure. I see a hood hiding We're under that sure. thing. 
<laughs> without question. So, yes. So those would be our choice for Cobra's candidates. Mm. How about you guys? <laughs> Go ahead and put it on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash knowing is half the podcast. Sure. Leave a five-star review on our Facebook page. Also, please. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> someone someone Photoshop uh, Zartan and Donald Trump next to each other. I'm busy. I, I sense a meme too. coming. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, we, we launch right into the episode. Uh, a guy named Robert Harper is running for uh, mayor of what I assume is Enterprise City, a very big city. Yes. Yep. And it's just the voice of Duke with a really bad JFK accent, like uh, just thrown. It's like Mayor Quimby <laughs> from The Simpsons thrown on there. Oh, yeah. I will tell you. I am running for mayor. I have no. Pro- well, uh, I, I have no problem with. Uh, with the standard crew of voices, like doing alternate voices, but don't put them in the same scene <laughs> where they're talking, and then the, and then you flip right around and the, talking to yourself talk at a different person because none of you people are good enough. It's uh, weird. I feel like even an average person on the street can do two different voices that don't sound the same. Well, I'm pretty sure they just told the guy who I don't know his name off the top of my head, but whoever did the voice of Duke, they just said, "Yeah, just do JFK," <laughs> and 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 he loses it halfway through the episode and just does Duke's voice. I do feel like they could. It, it was probably you know like you've got 15 minutes to record all of this dialogue. Go. <laughs> That makes mm-hmm. sense to me that it would yeah. kind of slip. I'm, um, you know, well, again, I don't want to impugn the, no, the squal- th- skills. These, these the people. voice actors on the show are fantastic. It's just yeah. occasionally something slips through the cracks, and I think that was probably the moment. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. So there's a street gang, mm-hmm. and they're the rogues. I love that that like jacket. Uh, not all of them. I wrote. Oh, what down- was the other one? I couldn't get the name of that. Uh, one. I did write down. That, yeah, rogues. Uh, Crusaders. Crusaders. Oh, there's two different gangs in this episode. Uh, Pilar has a cropped. Has a uh, uh, tube top. Yes. Has a bandeau tube top. I know that term because I had to buy one for my uh, Halloween <laughs> costume this year. Uh, and on the back it says Crusaders. Oh, I on her that was tube just top. A... She has Crusaders written on the. I back thought that was just like a fashion choice. Well, it was. But a gang fashion choice. I got it. That's what gangs do. They wear tube well, tops well, they with their name them, on it. They introduce themselves, Rick and Pilar, and they go to this random white dude's house mm-hmm. who just knocks on the door and says, hey, who are you voting for? This is so illegal, by the way. Oh, yeah. He oh, says, absolutely. I'm voting for Harper. Yep. And they go, hey, don't. And then they like yank on his tie and yeah. threaten him. Mm-hmm. If that were me, I would be like, okay, I won't. And then I'd be like, sucker. Yeah, and I'm going to do it How anyway. How the hell are you going to know? They're not very. They're, no, also, well, since when do gang members care about voting? Is right. what I wrote down. Well, the the I, I'm I'm still trying to <laughs> like you you fit you realize that it wasn't just <laughs> ordinary gang members because you don't have a GI Joe episode <laughs> about ordinary gang members who just shake I down. Mean, I thought maybe they were they were taking an active interest in politics for their school class. <laughs> this was a really 1980s episode. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the actual plot involved. If I could just step aside for a second, I could just try to break this down because in the uh-huh. episode, mm-hmm. there are street gangs yes. who... Uh, Multiple street gangs. They don't like Harper, the candidate, because he's a tough-on-crime, Rudy Giuliani-esque candidate. Incorrect. Yes. No, that's well, let correct. me let me go with my theory first. You tell okay. me where I'm wrong. It's the street gangs don't like him because he's a tough on crime candidate. Cobra has uh, 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 sent the dreadnoughts to like uh, insert or, themselves the, and organize the gangs. these gangs into anti Harper activities, which they would already have proclivities towards. And the object is to increase sympathy for him and make him look kind of weak, so that way people will vote for him because because he's really working for Cobra. Yes. But in reality, they're doing this in order to like spin the spin the table sideways to get yeah. people to vote for him 
by telling them not to vote for but him. But the gang members don't know this. Right. And that's what I was getting out of it. Yeah, it's it's basically also also there's an there's another reason that they're doing it. It's so that Harper can say Look at this. Look at this terrible Look at these crime. Problems, yeah. We can't even have an election. And the gang is getting paid for it. Right. Very well. Right. And he See, blames the other guy that's currently in office yes. for the gang activity. This Boom. is the reason why it's got nothing to do with their uh, thoughts on politics. They could care less. They're getting paid by Cobra. That's the only reason why they're doing I this. I think deep down, think they, they, don't, also... they don't like the candidate anyway, so they think they're hurting him by doing what they're doing. Yes. I, I would... No, they've said specifically that they were just doing it for the money. They don't care about any of it. Oh, okay. Uh, we'll also, the tape on this one. <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> I have the tape. I, I noticed because uh, um, Arrow and Gotham both oh. this season are doing mayoral race storylines. Okay. Okay. Every mayor in every comic book is evil. show has to get shot at by gangsters, criminals, or whatever like that uh, during their first speech. Wait, this wow, is a okay. current thing on Arrow because they also yes. had they also had that a couple seasons ago with Mayor Blood, yes, which we've already discussed. Is not a, Major Blood, not Major Blood. <laughs> But yeah, with Mayor Blood, who also turned out, spoiler alert, to be an evil guy who is ahead of... I got no yes. reason to watch Arrow anymore. Uh, That's it. Jerry Ryan guessed it on an episode. Okay. And Seven she announced... Nine. Yes. She announced her mayoral candidacy. She was almost killed by a bad guy who turns out to be uh, uh, the Batman villain Anarchy. Um, oh, nice. On Gotham, Galavan mm-hmm. stages, uh, has the Penguin shoot at him. Uh, so that he will garner sympathy, so that then he will then run for mayor and do very well. And similarly here, oh. they it's a good uh, they pay them to to uh, they pay throw them to tomatoes. do it. I guess my whole thought is they're not really paying them to do something they wouldn't necessarily not be doing anyway. They're just paying them to do it more. They paid him fat stacks of cash to do uh, specifically. Oh, they did. Thing. Otherwise, they I just put two and two together and realized that uh, Ronald Reagan was working for Cobra. Oh yeah. By the way, obviously. Sorry. That anytime was anyone's shot at, they're clearly working with the enemy. Yes. Got it. Boom. For the record, he didn't get shot at, though, but he gets, like, tomatoes thrown at him. Listen, and... by the way, that guy who throws that tomato has impeccable aim. Dude, and timing. Yeah. And, and His mouth is full, tomato. and then whack right in yeah. there. Yeah. And good stuff. the softest tomato ever, because really, if you threw a tomato at someone, it would it would probably bounce off. Mm-hmm. Like hit, but that splats all over him. I yes. mean, I'd like to say sign that guy to the Mets. Am I right? Like, let's yeah, get that guy some impressed. at least a minor league contract. Nobody's, nobody's saving um, the but Mets. This is Not where, even a superhero. This is where it starts getting <laughs> a little bit weird to me because at this point we don't officially know of any Cobra involvement, and the GI Joes are just roped into a street gang problem at the very lowest level the of crime. The president gets called in on this, right? The president of the United States yeah. of America. It must have been a slow time for G.I. Joe. The thing is, they're saying the cops aren't aren't able to contain it. I don't even see the cops cops trying. They're not even giving it an attempt. We can probably assume Cobra paid the cops off. I I don't know. This plot line makes perfect sense to me, right? Here's yeah. I'm glad. Yeah, if you've ever watched the Warriors, this makes perfect sense. Yeah, because all of the uh, uh, the all of the gangs. um, You did notice. That uh, this first guy, uh, what's his name, Rick? Yeah. He's got a white headband and a vest with no shirt. Yes. That is not normal. No, that's that's normal. Well, again, that I have it written normal. here. For that's normal for 80s street gangs yeah. not in cartoons. In yeah. cartoons. I'm surprised they weren't wearing that's- leg warmers, too. None of the Warriors wore shirts. Exactly. The Warriors is, you guys, the Warriors is a movie. 
Uh, I'm aware of the Warriors. Based on this episode of G.I. Joe, Avlo. I guarantee you some gang member at some point has worn a vest with no shirt on it in real life. Guys, I just found my Halloween costume (laughs) this year. I'm Rick. That's, I'm Rick are you from gonna, are you the G.I. Joe episode cover candidate. Your wife to dress up as Pilar. Oh, my goodness. Yep. I got to get to stitching. Deep, deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I bring up this episode episode to bring up a very interesting point that's topical today, and that's the militarization of police, because the police aren't even trying to deal with a very simple issue of people causing a disturbance of the peace, so they call in the most elite military team <laughs> yep. physically possible. But they call it out. Don't they call it out? At some point, isn't Lady J like, we're, we're military, we're not... Yeah. To handle this She's crap. like, what are we doing here? Yeah. And they're like, the president's making you do it. It's right. like, I yeah. guess then. Yeah, we're a handful, not a unit. Yeah. Like, okay, right. It's not a full scale. But they only have to go up against like five <laughs> poor people. Like, it's and not, one of yeah. them is a child. And one of them is a small boy. <laughs> but man, sounds a lot they, like Lady J. <laughs> they unload. They unload on that little kid. <laughs> they go nuts Ooh. on the. All these people are kids. Like, I'm assuming all these people are age 16 to 19. By like, the they're way, young. They showed restraint I would not have shown. Did they? Timber bit this kid's leg off. I saw blood. Uh, okay, some of those gang members are clearly in their 20s. Some of them look like they might be in their 40s. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm saying, like, the, the one that Timber bit is like a grown ass man. <laughs> Hey, I'm just, a kid like you guys are. You guys, hey, want to throw pogs? Do any of us remember the dogs that got released on the marchers during the civil rights well, movement? Nope. That wasn't right nope. either, Selma. Chan. Not my problem. Right. I'm just saying, <laughs> wow, releasing Gina. dogs on anybody is and not pretty just, major. Not just dogs, Chan. A, a fucking, fucking wolf. First of all, first of all, Timber can think for himself. <laughs> So that yeah, means that makes he, it worse. That yeah, that's worse he, because he is following orders. No, he took up he took his pant leg to scare him. Um, and there was blood under it. No, when it tore away, it was no, red. You can't show blood Straight in this cartoon. Red. So that was a it sock. was gore. Ooh, she you is can't right. Shows, she you is can't right. show blood. We've in seen blood before. No, how dare all of you? There no. has been blood on the show. <laughs> there is, there, there is has been not. blood mists when people have been punched in the face that I've called <laughs> attention to, and there was blood here. God damn it! That was a sock. That was a suck. And then, okay, so the Dreadnoughts decide to move in, and they have one of the most exciting action moments I've ever seen in the history of anything action-related in the most throwaway moment physically possible as they leap their, uh, like, dune crawlers off of one building across a busy intersection yep. to a lower building just to show up and say like, hi. Like six stories below. So we're talking like 60 feet it's drop. It's the most epic entrance since the Cobra Crimson Twins threw away their airplane to land on top of their own building. I mean, and nobody cares. They're, they're clearly like you get used to the adrenaline rush after a while. Sure. So at some point you're like, I got to vary this up. <laughs> I got to change my dosage they of call, adrenaline. They also call the G.I. Joe's the Blue Jean Brigade, which is a really it's weird it's a thing weird. to call a military force. Oh, I thought like it just meant like they're dorks. Uh, I, I took it I, probably, both ways. Something similar to that. I mean, the point is, it's a weird thing to use as a, a, a pejorative. Like, I was like, hey, what's up, Blue Jean Brigade? It's a pretty good insult, I'll be I honest, I like. I like that. If somebody called me that, I would get a little mad. Yeah, like I would be like, what does that mean? Are you? Are my jeans not cool? Guys, welcome back to the Blue Jean Brigade. <laughs> I like that. No, Chan, Chan, I think you're wrong on this one. I think yeah, we, I think it's we a overrule good you. Mm. Also, I love that the two animals are involved in this episode. Well, Freedom fucks they, it up for everybody because they, they try free- to have a fire escape rescue, and then Freedom, they're all, oh, we're tenuous, but we're going to be fine. And then Freedom, like a dummy, whoop, 
and the, the whole thing crashes oh. under that extra weight. I what? He, I thought he was helping. Uh, oh, Ray. No. He did not know what was happening Ray. when he landed on that fire escape. They shot the fire escape. Yes, and it was holding its time. It was holding there. That's, no. And then Freedom lands on it. And then it's like one second, and Freedom's like, what? And then the whole thing collapses under oh, his weight. That is I did not, not remember. That is 100% what happened. I'm, I, I'm on Team Chan with this oh, one. Oh, my goodness. We will watch that again, darn it. Uh, um, wait, has, has, has Freedom ever been in the same episode y- as yes. Polly? Oh, as, oh, no. No. Is that I, a is that like a is that like a thing you can't like have two timber birds and freedom in one? tag up pretty yeah. regularly? But I feel like it's like one of those things where you only have one minority character in right. shows yeah. from the nineties yeah. and this is like you can only have one bird. Yeah. We only have one bird per episode. <laughs> I, I think the bird union Don't doesn't like allow like them. astronomical rates. Because I would like to see them get along. And start their own I sitcom really thought that you were is a say, bird version of Perfect Strangers. I would love that. I thought you were going to say Get It On. No, I, I think like, they're both oh, no. males. Yeah. Jan? I don't know how male birds have sex with each other. I've, I've, never, I've never thought to look for their genitals. So, <laughs> I mean, pa- yeah. And then, and then one of the weird like uh, boner moments of all G.I. Joe history happens as, yes. as uh, Scarlet and Lady J escape. They crash through this guy's window who's coming out of a shower wearing just a towel. Yeah. And then he looks in his bedroom and then hot Scarlet, hot Lady J just right there. And he's just like, hey. He doesn't, he doesn't do that at all. He is too flabbergasted, which I feel like is a missed opportunity. But also, I will say, I like the gender sw- reversal on this because usually, especially in the 80s, there was a lot of like, sorry, miss, like of a woman in it's a true. towel. That James Bond like, did that. Ah! Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I like that this was a man and they were like, sorry, sir. I was actually just picturing the future letter goes, dear penthouse forum. <laughs> I never thought it would happen to me, but two hot army ladies crashed yeah. through my window as I was, I was a, just done taking a shower, they, dripping wet. They ran off and left me with a $1,200 plate glass <laughs> The end. The, not a great story, Penthouse Forum, but it started promising. <laughs> no, that's Home Depot Forum. Home Depot Forum. <laughs> Why? Uh, so we cut over to uh, Subway Station. And all the Joes have been taken prisoner who are not ladies. I have a major problem with this section. Oh, please. What's your problem? In a second, we're going to get to Pilar, female gang member, tiny human, mm-hmm. taking down Storm Shadow. Uh, she uh, does taking do down that. Snake Eyes. Snake yeah. Eyes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, Snake Eyes. But she before that. She outruns him like a. How? It, how? Well, leading up to it, Zap, who, as we know, is our one Latino uh, G.I. Joe member. Uh, and do he, we know that? Yes, we do. Okay. We, we learned that um, like episodes ago. Okay. Uh, well, we are names. forgetting about Hector Delgado, of course. Well, I oh, mean, the right. G- he's not a GI Joe member, though. What? He's not a member of the Joe team. Hector Delgado is the is the. Oh, Hector Delgado talking about shipwreck. I was thinking yes. Hector Ramirez. No, the uh, the broadcast. I was no, also you're right. Thinking. Too many names. Too many guys. <laughs> That's why we need a board hanging in your apartment. <laughs> it's true. But Zap, all of a sudden, he turns and like the first sentence is like, "What are you doing, Pilar?" And I'm like, do they know each other? Because <laughs> they haven't been introduced to my knowledge in this episode. And he's on a first name basis with her as they're walking through the tunnels. Here's the thing. Uh, this is the scene where we first see that uh, Crusaders is written on her tube top. Yes. I'm sure she's got her name written in there, too. Her mom probably told her, like, put your name in your tube top so that you don't get confused with the other <laughs> so gang members. Seen inside her tube top? I mean, it's, it's it could be like episode. sticking out of the top from the back, you know. 
So and then she gets all mad at a uh, Ripper and she starts like grabbing him. Pilar does and start like trying to like rough him up. And it looks like she's just like giving him a nice little like massage, yeah. like a warm neck embrace. And then he just knocks yeah. her to the ground. This like is it's what nothing. I'm saying. She is not established here as like a strong, not even a little physically bit. strong character. Nope. And yeah. Girl. And so the Joes try to escape. And who chases down Snake Eyes? The deadliest, most ninja like of every G.I. Joe. She barely touches him. Freaking Pilar catches up to him and tackles him i'm not and knocks him out convinced that that was the uh that was all a uh, plan because then immediately afterwards he saves her he from saves the train her. oh so he was trying to make her feel good about herself yeah oh look he caught me the what? Well, highly trained ninja I mean, you're so good listen here's the thing this is just this is exactly the type of thing that snake eyes would do he would be like oh underprivileged inner city youth who hasn't built up her self-esteem enough, and that's why she's looking to the gangs to build up her self-esteem. Yep. I'm going to let okay. her, quote-unquote, catch me. I'm yeah. going to let her almost kill me <laughs> by getting hit by a train? Here, you know what? I'm not going to lie. Uh, if I had to pick a social worker out of the G.I. Joe, Snake Eyes would definitely be at the top of my mm-hmm. list. He doesn't talk! Yeah. He, he doesn't Sometimes you just to. need someone to listen to. Yeah. Ray. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> he just listens the whole time, and then as soon as you finish, he just goes... Okay. Makes a little okay, sign. Yeah, and yeah, then okay. he hands you a bill for, for $500. <laughs> Put it on your tab. Uh, at this point, we cut away. Uh, uh, Snake Eyes saves Pilar because, of course, he does. He's a hero. And then we get this weird moment where they're walking into the extensive Enterprise corporate building in the middle of Enterprise City. Dude, but before we, we think, can I just mention yes. that? Because like, I made a note here, and it's just a lot of Dreadnought talk. I don't think Lots the Dreadnoughts have talked more in any episode, uh, talked more than this episode. Maybe the training episode. This is probably I like they think, were this, yeah, this popular, is I think. I think this is when they were getting popular and people were like, oh, these characters are awesome. Give us more of these characters. They're from Australia. How <laughs> foreign and exotic. They're exciting. Everyone mm. knows. Everyone in the 80s knows Australians and, are only two things, criminals and crocodile hunters. And in their case, Sexy both. crocodile hunters. <laughs> Uh, we also learned that they can't read, which we just learned about Torch. I know. They know I was your Joe, say, but Buzzer can't read either. That's the blonde guy, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Which was sad to me. Now it all makes sense. Now his life of crime makes sense. Sure. And he's sort of can, like you can, that... you can fix him too. I can fix them all. <laughs> you can fix them both at the same time. I'm gonna I'm gonna let all the dreadnoughts stay on my there, couch. There's a big problem with all that, Gina. Is they smell like no? <laughs> they smell like curry soda. No. Is what I have in front of me right now. It's the worst, and it does not smell good. So uh, we get to this moment where they're walking to the Enterprise City building, and it just sounds like Duke talking. So yep. I'm like, oh, okay, Duke's making an appearance in, the, in this episode. Mm-hmm. Nope, that was actually just Robert Harper, yep. so minus the accent. So here's my question: He's walking with Lady J and, and Scarlet. Scarlet. Yep. I have two questions here. First, did they darken Lady J's hair? Because she looks way less red in this scene, and I think they realized... Uh, well, she's normally like a nice like auburn brunette. Yeah, and she was just plain brown in this one. I think. I mean, she yeah. dies. Remember in the pre in the in the uh, episode with the uh, the 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 African episode with the the tribe of monkey people, uh-huh. the primords. She does admit to dyeing her hair. Oh, okay. So maybe she went a little she went a little chestnut in this one. But my other question is, <laughs> they have been to Tomax and Zaymot's building before. Yes. How can they not just be like, oh shit, we're, what you, <laughs> dude, what you doing in this building, man? Like they know that is their building. They have they fought know. them before where things have come out the sides of the buildings and then they do flips on. <laughs> and they fought and on this just, exact building before. 
And they're just like, yeah, this seems normal and legit. Um, no, I actually have that exact same note as well. As they escort him into the extensive Enterprise building, at its, I mean, the G.I. Joe is stupid when it comes to this company, but at the worst, they know they've had dealings with Cobra before, and Lady J literally fought both Crimson <laughs> Twin commanders on the roof of this exact building. Makes no sense. So, yes, it is a little bit weird. I just wrote down here. It's like, hey, we're going to take you to extensive enterprise building. Meh. Anyway, cool. Go on and have a good time. I'm sure nothing weird's going on. You wrote that in your notes? Uh, meh. Cobra. <laughs> That's not what you just said. That was... Ex- well, I was paraphrasing. <laughs> gotcha. So we get Bechdel test pass here. Here we go. Boom. Bechdel test pass number three. Uh, I'm, oh, yeah. Three? Yeah. yeah. And this this one is is the the most, most passinist one because later on... We're going to have four ladies in the same room. I'll talk about not not tampons and not men. Nice. Hey. Wait a minute. They're talk, talking about the sun? Talking about life. Like the, 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 the Pilar's mom is talking about Pilar and how she's a good girl and she mm-hmm. just wishes she would do things. That's a, that's a real conversation. That's a deep conversation. Into it. Here's the deal. Progressive. Yeah. And I like it. Mm-hmm. But then the ladies go ahead to scale the building. Like you do. Like uh-huh. you do. <laughs> Which I, I thought it was weird that they have to use two different, like, oh, well, these things never are long enough. And I was like, this better, be, this better pay off with something later. <laughs> <laughs> and it does. But it's so weird. It's such a weird specific to have in there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, boy. Suction cups. Got to put them with strings attached to them. Right. Let's My- make an important plot point <laughs> to say we're using lots of them. My guess is that uh, Scarlet at the time came with two suction cup ropes. <laughs> So they just need to clarify Scar- the reason behind it. Oh, yeah. Uh, here's For the record, she did not. <laughs> just to put that out there. Okay. But she should have. Made a hindsight. lovely noise. Yeah. She should have come I with like a it. wacky wall walker. I, and some suction cup darts. This episode makes me realize that uh, uh, the twins are the world's fastest outfit changers. Yes. Yep. Because for at one second they're like, "Oh hey, well, there's there's Lady GI Joes out there. Will you excuse us?" And then a split mm-hmm. second later, they're in totally different outfits. 1960s Batman and Robin <laughs> going down the pole are jealous of how fast the Crimson Twins can change yeah. clothes. I like how they kept it classy though. Like they they were just like, "Oh, pardon us." Like they weren't like, "Oh my god." Because if that was Cobra Commander, you know he would have been like, blah, blah, what's happening? Blah. And they're just like, uh, excuse us, Mayor. We'll be back in a second. Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, kill. Cobra yeah, Commander's TCB. first instinct would have been to throw his gun at them. He right. wouldn't even think to shoot it. <laughs> and then ask for more mac and cheese with cut up hot dogs in it. Oh, my God. That sounds so good right now. <laughs> oh. uh, for some reason, I marked this. Let me see if I can. Uh, let's see if I oh, can 955. <laughs> oh, whoa. Uh, we'll see. Nine minutes and 55 we'll seconds see. in. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I that put, was exciting. I put 955 Zamoth scream. Because <laughs> it is crazy. So the twins attack off the top of the building and just like their acrobatic ability is amazing as they just leap off the side of the building and just land wherever the fuck they want to. I love them. They're amazing. And they're. they're- they're probably really good in bed, by the way. Oh, you've mentioned that like every time we've ever seen them. I'm just saying. So what you're saying is you've got a thing for billionaire twins. I mean, who can <laughs> who who are so are as light as cats on their feet? Did you were you just like whacking it to uh, uh, <laughs> to social network when the Winklevoss twins came on? <laughs> wasn't that really just one guy though? That they, that they... That was Tom Hardy, wasn't it? No, no, it was uh, uh, the the Lone Ranger. Oh, okay. What's his name? 
something something oh like, army hammer. oh army hammer army but it was uh, him hammer. twice yes. i'm not saying i'd turn down two army hammers but like yeah <laughs> you'd hammer uh, that army am i right <laughs> hold on i got uh, i got oh. one more i think <laughs> yeah they went from classy as fuck like two seconds ago <laughs> well to like not at all uh, the most amazing magic trick. This is a Chris Angel level magic trick. Uh, I got mind freaked by what the happened here because Scarlet ducks in, smashes through the window at Enterprise Tower. Lady J's free falls uh-huh. like thirty floors. She's mm-hmm. grabbing onto the suction cup yeah. uh, rope right there, and then the, the Crimson Twin goes to knock her off, and Scarlet knocks him out through the window thirty floors below in like two seconds later. Mm-hmm. Wait, so did we? So have we established at all? in other episodes that Scarlet and Lady J are at odds with each other? No, it's it's CoverGirl and Scarlet because uh, CoverGirl's moving in on Duke and Scarlet doesn't like that. Oh, right, right. Okay, that makes more sense because in this episode, I was like, oh, they seem to be getting along swimming. They get along great. Sure. Those two have yeah. no problem because they both have defined men. Right. There's nothing for them. Lady hormones to be at, at, at odds with each yeah. other about. Am I okay. right? So, Am I right, so guys? Yet again, CoverGirl is the odd woman out that we need to just kill. <laughs> Get her out of there. Get her out of there. Get out of here, you cover girl. <laughs> um, and then and then an amazing, we, we learned something about the G.I. Joe universe, and that's uh, the twins fall straight out, like, again, 30 floors, roughly, mm-hmm. and they just land in a dumpster. Hold on a sec. And they're fine. <laughs> just one more. Oh, <laughs> there's a lot of weird... They make dude. These guys have a good time when they record. You know. No, oh, yeah. Take back uh, everything I said earlier. They're awesome. In the eighties, mm-hmm. any any time you land in a dumpster, you're fine. Just land in a dumpster, and they're fine. But what, what yeah. kills me about it is, to a normal person's mind, they would be dead. They just landed in a dumpster from thirty floors up. They're not moving. Scarlet is just like she says something. What does Scarlet say when she closes the uh, the, the trash bin? Oh. <clears throat> Rubbish. She just good ribbons, good riddance to bad rubbish. Cl- slams the, the the lid down and just walks away like a cold-hearted fucking assassin. Yeah, that's cold, Scarlet. You didn't even check to see if they were okay. I mean, she watches other '80s cartoons and knows that <laughs> you don't die when you land in a in a dumpster. <laughs> that's a super convenient dumpster to be right out in front of extensive enterprises Especially for, as well. a, for a building that classy. Yeah. It's with a dumpster at the yeah. front of the building. <laughs> There's always a convenient dumpster. Dumpster full of uh, packing peanuts. But also, I mattresses. would say, with how well planned out everything else in this building is and about this building is maybe they planned it and maybe there's a very like springy cushion at the bottom of that to be fair normally they would have used their little parallel bars that pop yeah. out of the thing that's probably the, uh, they probably that didn't work yeah. so their last ditch thing is like and just make sure that there's a dumpster at the bottom so i would buy can it just- can i can i say i have a theory on this and that's that they're still getting that uh reset from the last time they used it <laughs> It takes a long time to crank it back in. You got to send the people up there to push them back in, you know. And I'm just saying, like, uh, it probably is an effort. And uh, so, therefore, the dumpster was like, oh, that's all we got left. Just put the dumpster under. We'll be fine. Um, We cut note to Storm Shadows joining the show, everybody. We haven't seen Storm Shadow in like 15 episodes, I I swear to God. Storm Shadow, who's one of my favorite, if not my favorite, G.I. Joe Cobra character. Maybe Firefly is my favorite, but we'll get to You get them later. both. We get them both this episode. Oh, I love me some Firefly. Uh, but Storm Shadow appears just to hand over a note to remind the Dreadnoughts what their mission actually is. Yeah, yeah, and this is where, like, now I feel a deeper level of sympathy for them when they say he knows we can't read. Tell us about that, Gina. I just feel like this is why they are who they are. Interesting. 
That's why they're wounded souls. Yeah. Shunned by society, like which all never understood them. The <laughs> all they need for, for only $5 a day, you can sponsor a dreadnought. <laughs> we'll teach them how to read. <laughs> we'll give them real haircuts. And we'll teach them real life skills outside of burning things with flamethrowers. <laughs> they too will be able to type. At 75 words a minute. <laughs> Skills like knitting, com- knitting, computer work, garbage sifting. <laughs> and of course, gun repair. My favorite <laughs> one from the Sally Struthers commercial. <laughs> um, so yeah, Buzzer can't read. Oh, it's just sad. It is sad. Uh, at this also, point, yes. Um, man, for Christmas, maybe somebody could buy Storm Shadow a letter opener. So no way! Break out this fucking oh, no. katana! Oh no! You know how to do that. You're finding every. In fact, yeah. he's actually telling Zartan. Zartan, put that shit in an envelope. I got this party trick I do. Yeah. It's gonna be awesome, and you have to put it in an envelope. I think he's the guy that, like, anytime he shows up at the bar, his friends are like, "Oh God, Storm Shadow!" <laughs> no one bring out any fruit or anything that needs to be spiced. Actually, oh, did you say fruit ninja? <laughs> that, I'll show you a real life fruit ninja. That totally makes sense. Because if Cobra Commander does know that they know how to, they don't know how to read, he would have just sent an audio message. But Storm Shadow's <laughs> like, "No, hold on, I got this. <laughs> I got this. Let me write this out. Hold on, no, no, just tell me, uh, dictate it to me. I'll write it down. No, I'm definitely. This is, <laughs> oh oh no. my god, I, my wife keeps telling me to put the fucking swords away. <laughs> Not this time. This time it's Storm Shadow's time." <laughs> Well, these are just sad characters needing to show off for each other. It's like always sunny in Philadelphia in this episode. It's getting depressing. Well, now we get the biggest scene shift ever as we get the 80s dancing game. Oh, my God. This is literally and then it cuts the scene and I wrote, this is how they party? This is how people in the 80s party, Gina. Yeah, it is. just sort of like shifting their bodies back and forth. We need a meeting with the gang leader. The porn music playing? Uh-huh. Uh, and they're all uh, just sort of like, it's, uh, like it's it's like they did so many drugs that they're just like, uh, I'm dancing, but they're like but, really just like moving their hips and their arms. Everywhere. Well, no, no, the dude on top of the car was straight up doing that backspin He's, thing, yeah. and there's some other dude on top of another car doing some crazy business. And you know, the only reason he's doing the backspin is because the animators could not figure out the windmill to save their lives. Oh no, no, but and I would did, not expect that. They to. did get the robot though, as the one guy's like, I don't know, you can talk to whoever you want. I'm not in charge <laughs> full on like robot I mean I was impressed by that guy's dancing skills also this is like the safest gang ever there's two oh, yeah. women walking through the streets no one says boo and a small child yeah and a nine year old there's not a single cat call everyone's just like oh we're badass gang members oh p- pardon me ladies <laughs> Welcome back to West Side Story. <laughs> and they're all dressed like Michael Jackson. Yeah, it, their outfits are very weird. They got the red leather jackets on. I'm surprised they're, they're not all wearing one glove. They're pristine, by the way. Oh, they are they like these great. are the tidiest gang members. It's all either warriors or bad. <laughs> uh, you know what though? That was the eighties. Mm-hmm. That was the eighties. Mm-hmm. At this point, we, Lady J. Yeah. Threatens a child. I, oh, boy. I'm on Physical board. harm. I liked it. No, what? what? No. Defend Lady J no. here. I liked it. I'm 10 already. Want to see 11, kid? Because I'm going to fucking murder you. Listen, he you 10-year-old child. He I'm going to fucking her. kill you. He respects her. He's like, hey, you're tough, lady. All right, let's yeah. do this. How does Lady J have any street cred? She's a fucking mime. She, she reads him like a book, tells him exactly, because if she's nice to him, he's not going to respect it. 
She threatens to kill a child. Listen, time is short, people. <laughs> what is this, 24 with Jack Bauer? She doesn't hit him. Give she me a battery and some pliers. I'm going to get this 10-year-old to talk. Do you think a talk. 10-year-old kid knows that? Yeah, I think that kid needed to be smacked, a, smacked around Here comes a, a woman with a quiver full of harpoons. Which he talks her out of, by the way, which is a terrible decision on her part to give them to this street urchin. I mean, just because she's an idiot doesn't mean it. that she you know, isn't also a terrible human being. I'm assuming she's going to sell it. I mean, I'm assuming that kid is going to sell those weapons because if you brought those to a pawn shop, they would get so much money. Oh, so, probably. I mean, what's this do? It creates an air bubble and hot lava. <laughs> I mean, there's no market for that, but I guess I guess I can sell it. Whoever wants this is going to pay for it. That's for sure. We learned his name is Tito because, of course, it is. We're already on the Jackson theme, right? Yeah. It's only a matter of time that we have a Tito that shows up. Mm-hmm. By the way, are Tito and Pilar usually the same? Usually the two names that go together? Yes. Tito and Pilar. I believe I once ordered a Tito Pilar (laughs) at El Burrito Grande down the street from my apartment. I got rice Pilar with my (laughs) falafel. Um, So they decide to go to their mother's establishment, which at first I'm like, is this a diner? No, it's a candy store. Which also, this is is the most, most women in any G.I. Joe episode talking in the same area at mm-hmm. the same time mm-hmm. and it's delightful and I, I just could i do a quick shout out and yes it is four women in one scene at the same time the the, the creative juices that flow into an episode of gi joe and you have so much magic happening and so much so much mirth and wildness the fact that the name of the candy store is mom's candy store and soda fountain <laughs> hey i like it mom's I'd mom. buy. I'd buy. She's candy a mom. There. You see, Who's, that's how that works. Who, wait a minute. Who owns the place? I don't know. This kid's mom. We'll just call it mom's. Fuck it. I tacos are on. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Wouldn't they call it like Madre's coffee or candy? Um, you know, so if we don't follow be racist, the theme, Jan. yes. Don't yes. be racist. Casa do Madre. She has a, a thick accent, so it's not like we don't know that she's. <laughs> <laughs> no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yes. Mm. Forgot what I was going to say because Ray's still drinking that. I'm drinking this curry soda, everybody. It is. It, mm, uh, mm, mm. Uh, it is not good. Uh, it is. Uh, it is hurting me on the inside. Oh, I was going to say, I, I. So now I kind of, I'm kind of looking out for because this guy did one of my other favorite episodes, the giant vegetable episode. This is the guy who wrote okay. the greenhouse effect. So Buzz Dixon and this guy whose name I'll never remember unless we have him on the uh, show. Yeah. Uh, now I'm looking forward to his episode. The one time that I forgot to write down the writer's name. I was going to say Gordon Freeman, but that's the guy from... I thought it was Robert something, but maybe that's the mayor in this episode. I don't know names. (laughs) The mayor in this episode is Robert Harper. Harper. Yeah, that's that's something. I thought it was Gordon. (laughs) Gordon But yeah, he's, he's, he's the guy that's like, oh, oh yeah, Hasbro. Boys don't like girls in their in their toys, and he's like, "I'm going to put four women in one scene together, and they're going to talk." Gordon Kent, by the way, Gordon Kent. There we go. Cool. Um, yeah. So the Michael Jackson gang then shows up because enough talking, right? Um, you know, Cobra pays me a lot of money, and she actually holds out a wad of cash, like a whole stack of twenties. Yeah. I don't know. Like maybe don't walk around with that. You live in a dangerous part of town. They throw they throw the Joes through the front window. Uh, yeah. Which that, that that amount of money is what it's going to take to rebuy a new window. But also at that point, they have permission to kick anyone's ass. On, in my in my opinion, yeah. No matter how young, because as soon as you throw me through a window, and I'm they, like, they would be bleeding everywhere. To be fair, 
They jumped on the table in front know, of the window. But it's because, it's as point. they say, they're not allowed to harm the the gang members. They could have walked out the door. They could have left. I there mean, was a door. I mean, you know, to each his own. <laughs> some people go through the door. Some go through the window, Chan. But those kids are to jerks. Be, that's also the second huge-ass window they've gone through today. That's true. Scarlet went through the one in the side of the building. Yeah, they, they are sliced. Twice. They they would be sliced to ribbons at this point. Well, at this point, there's there's a big fight that's about to happen. The gang members are about to get over on Scarlet and Lady J when Wild Bill takes his helicopter and threatens murder on every child there. Good with his Gatling gun helicopter that he could somehow work in between two thin buildings. I'm telling you, some of those gang members are old. They have the Taken moment that happens where a spirit grabs the gun of the Crimson Guardsman. They get his grenade oh, and they're yeah. able to shoot the, uh, they blow a hole in the, in the, in the hatch in the roof and then smoke starts. It was just like Taken 2 when they're trying to find where Liam Neeson is and he <laughs> throws the grenade in the chimney. That's all I could think of watching this was like, he could be anywhere in the city. Oh, smoke. Let's go to <laughs> the smoke and catch Liam Neeson. It was one laser shot, and it was like I lit up being way like, more exciting, like a fucking I don't like a uh, uh, oh the laser shot that can hit you in the head and make you go bomb. sleepy for a moment or two. Yeah, can actually like create gaping holes in in grates and create billowing smoke out of metal. Yeah, the laser that is Check barely more powerful than a flashlight. <laughs> Just, yeah, can uh, I say right now the Crimson Guardsmen in this episode fucking suck. They are the weakest Crimson... We're used to them being elite. Well, wait. Ooh. So far, we've only seen one awesome Crimson Guardsman. I right? wrote here, where's Crimson Guardsman number nine? Because one of him would have kept this shit on lockdown. So, like... I did write weak-ass Crimson Guard. Oh, yeah. But, but here's terrible. the thing. I feel like we brought this up in several other episodes. So, we've only seen one good one. So, I think he was the exception. But these guys are supposed to be the elite Cobra Troopers, I think though. maybe only the ones with numbers are elite. Oh, can I also mention that... Maybe the lower the number it is, the cooler you are. So maybe. these are guardsmen like 1,182, right? Uh, Spirit grabs one of them, and the dude says, no, don't shoot. I'm like, go ahead and shoot. <laughs> you know what? It's not going to hurt. It'll, it'll be like, oh, I'm sleepy oh, now. yeah. Mm. And then he gets choked out instead. Yeah, yeah I would, was I much, would opt for much rougher one way. quick uh, yeah. laser, like laser that makes you sleepy for a little while, instead of someone choking me out until I pass out. One hundred percent. If I had to choose, <laughs> yeah, it is not a good feeling. I Maybe, mean, hold on. I had a kid in the fourth grade put me in a sleeper hold once to show me what it was like because oh, yeah. he was a jerk, and I remember fading consciousness, feeling all level of helplessness and sadness. Yeah, and that's what that guardsman went through in that moment except probably 10 times worse because he actually got knocked out. I was at a slumber party once and uh, one of the girl, like the, my friend's older brother's girlfriend who was like an older girl. Gotcha. Okay, I'm following. Like did that thing where, you know, like girls were passing out and I didn't know what it was. And she's like, okay, put your arms around your chest. And the next thing I knew, I was waking up on the floor freaking out because I was like, why am I on the floor? (laughs) What happened? I don't even know. It's no, the knockout game or like the pass out it's like game. Thing, it's like a pass out game, which is really dangerous because it kills brain cells where you like put your arms across your chest and then someone comes up behind you and like squeezes you and it basically like, oh no, like, like cuts off oxygen. So you pass out. But like, I didn't know what it was. So this girl was like, hey, do this. It's a fun game. And I was like, yeah, that sounds good. And then I woke up and I was like, not cool, guys. Whoa. You know what? All of a sudden now. Uh, Lady J and Scarlet's like torturing that child make a whole <laughs> lot more sense because you girls wow. I don't know I mean like like I know what boys are like and they're kind of fucked up but girls are like no they come just here. 
They just draw shit on you when you pass out. I'm not going to tell you why or how. You're just going to wake up on the floor. You guys, the movie The Craft makes so much more sense to me now than it ever has before. (laughs) Just watched that the other night. Oh, no. So we cut to Firefly, my hero in this episode. He says, I got this plan. I set... His plan is, I set explosives in a bunch of empty warehouses around the city, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to blow them up in any order I goddamn well choose to. All at once, or in any order, or just one, and forget about all of the rest of them. I love this guy. The artistry. He's like, you know, I'm a composer. Like, I'm a musician. I'm going to play some jazz with this one. Mm -hmm. I love it, man. Firefly is a G as far as I'm concerned. Um, at this point, we cut to we cut to Mr. Harper giving a speech near as I could tell in an alleyway <laughs> in the worst part of town where all the buildings have wooden planks nailed <laughs> over the windows mm. and there's no there's no security. He's been attacked repeatedly. Not one security guard, police officer. I mean, he hasn't even been harassed yet, and no one is coming to help this front-running mayoral candidate in the biggest city in America. Yeah, they don't care. The law and order. Have, I mean, look, look at the way the NYPD treats like Rudy Giuliani, like he's freaking royalty. And this law and order pro cop candidate in New York City's equivalent <laughs> is treated with the least respect ever by the local law enforcement. That disgusts me. Bad job, police of Enterprise City. Shame on you. He's in an alleyway. Yeah. Oh, I found it. Oh, what you got? Oh, Joe. There it is. Yeah. Yo, Joe. What? He's what? sleepy. He's sleepy. The, uh, he is piloting a multi-million-dollar airship um, full of missiles. He took some gu- yeah, he's coming Gunch. down off of his cocaine binge. <laughs> Yo, and he's Joe. coming down hard. You're lucky he's even still awake right now. I am concerned the that he's going to start launching uh, missiles at people. Just whip out that uh, no, machine gun. Th- that's when he's up. He's coming way down right now. No, he's I'm about saying, to go into deep depression. Yeah, I'm afraid he's going to fall. think about crashing the thing into a bridge. This is a concern that I have. Oh, you're right. If that's the case, then yes. But he's not going to be violent. He's going to be depressive and suicidal. He's still thinking about those ghosts from a couple episodes oh ago. Oh, my God. He saw a ghost person. I'd be on Ambien, too. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's still dealing with all the all that that means. Guys, I just saw real proof of the afterlife while I was out in the army. It makes sense that his, his gusto is less gusty. I got you. Okay. If one of you guys would like, uh, you know, uh, kill me by way of uh, uh, a treachery <laughs> so I could stick around a little bit longer, that would be great. <laughs> if you got to go. Um, so uh, um, the kid, Tito, comes over and he wants to join the rally because they like whipping chains around and they're like, you know, her trying to hurt the mayoral candidate. Mm-hmm. And Tito runs over like, yeah, you're a dick. Yeah, and they're and like, Tito, go home, We asshole. find out that everyone hates Tito. Everyone hates Tito. Yeah. Even everyone Pilar. Everyone treats him poorly. Even P- Pilar sends him away. Yeah, and into which, the exploding building. <laughs> he goes into the uh, warehouse. That's an apartment building. Yeah. <laughs> it is flat out an apartment building. You are, Firefly, you are not going to convince me that shit was a warehouse and you didn't, or you made a mistake. By the way, his, his tiny boy screams are equally as loud as the explosion. This building is it's coming like, down. It's like, kaboom. Help, Pilar! Why can we hear this? <laughs> he, has the, he has the vocal strength of an explosion. 
That kid's got some lungs on him. That's all I'm thinking. And this is this is the part where when they say like, oh, don't we're in the dreadnoughts. Like, oh, don't worry. You're like, don't go after your brother, Pilar. And she's like, I have to. And then the gangs who previously have been wreaking havoc on the city all of a sudden become like <laughs> morally superior. That was the line. Like they're like, hey, man, you told her not to go well, after her brother. If- not not cool. We were OK <laughs> with like physically assaulting a mayoral candidate and. <laughs> You know, general looting and breaking windows and throwing two women through a window who realistically could have cut their jugulars open and bled out. But this isn't cool. And we're moral. Um, You have to remember the biggest thing about gangs, though, is that they consider themselves a family and you always put the family first. I mean, they they did when they were like, get out of here, little jerk. Yeah. Well, that's (laughs) fine, though. But he wasn't in harm's way at that point. I mean, you'd be a dick to people. You would still pull them (laughs) off the train tracks. I hope, Gina. Because nah. I was planning to get tied to some train tracks <laughs> later, and I only get one phone call, and it has to be someone on this podcast, and They're, I already know Chan's not coming. You're already Ray. screwed. Oh, no. Ray, you don't need to have an excuse to wear the Poly Pure Hard dress. You can just wear it, man. <laughs> just It's Halloween time, guys. That's weird. Do you ever that thing is it's Halloween as we record this? Uh, do you ever the thing with a guy who always seems to show up wearing women's clothing for Halloween? <laughs> Uh, you ever just you ever just like look at that guy and be like, dude, we know. Just <laughs> fun fact, I'm going as Lilo from Lilo and Stitch this year. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Okay, so Chan, mm-hmm. we know, dude. That's, what? Just makes, be you. What do you know? You don't need a holiday so. in order to just be yourself. Man. I am being that me. makes sense though, because you, you kind of look like Lilo from Lilo and Stitch. Is it, it does? the beard that makes me look what? like no a part of eight year old white girl? Like the curly hair. Chan, we need a separated. Curly, you realize she has straight hair, right? Nah, I've never seen it. Chan, we need a separated at birth picture photoshopped for the Facebook page. Fair enough. I'm going to get you right on Lilo. that. God dang it. <laughs> this is because you went to Hawaii, isn't it? So <laughs> a weird moment happens. Well, first off, a moment of decency from the gang. Sure. Which yeah. is like, okay, okay, interesting. And then the, the Dreadnoughts kind of run off. They're like, oh, even though we've been laying waste to everybody, we can't handle these five Michael Jackson impersonators <laughs> and their sister. <laughs> so Pilar runs into the building, the uh-huh. <clears throat> abandoned warehouse, yeah. to, to get Tito Gets fucked up. Scarlet runs in there, saves both of them, and then when they exit the building, the gang's like, good job, Pilar! <laughs> like, she did a goddamn thing. Right. That just made me so mad. I mean, you said it. They don't, you know, they're families. So they want to give credit to their own. I guess, not, but it was so obvious. Not some weird military bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! She's the man. Um, and at this point, candidate uh, Harper is a freaking idiot. Like, all he has to do is be like, see, this is what I was talking about in all the speeches I've given. Uh-huh. Instead, he runs like a bitch and tries to jump into the Cobra vehicle <laughs> in front of everyone. Yep, not a good idea. And he's safe right now. Yeah. He's not in any danger whatsoever at all. And then we learn a little bit about how the voting system works. <laughs> <laughs> we do. So we, we cut kind of, Oh, well, real quick before we get there, one last point. Was uh, uh, the, the Coast Guard show up led by Cutter? Again, militarization, but I guess the Coast Guard is a military operation. But uh-huh. G.I. Joe has taken over the Coast Guard for this mission. The mm. first time we've seen Cutter all episode, and he goes, Hope, hope you, uh, you know, enjoy whatever you're doing, Harper, because you're going to spend time in jail. And I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, What do they have proof that he's done? What officially has he done wrong other than visited with a legitimate company? I mean, he's a politician, so. Odds are he's done a lot of really, really illegal stuff. I'm guessing, but they could have got him on any of that before this whole shenanigans went yeah, down. Yeah, but you need you need to you need a reason to look in their basement for those chained up orphans that they've been raping. Have you been near my basement? <laughs> this got weird. 
And I guess I just wonder. All he did was hold a political rally and then run into, oh, I ran into the wrong boat, guys. No, this would be the equivalent of like, I panicked. If, if all of a sudden Ted Cruz was like, ISIS, let me in your boat. I expect to see that any day now, <laughs> given the way this right. is gone. Runs and gets into a black ops helicopter with an ISIS boat. flag on it. I mean, it. your boat, ISIS, and then you clearly hear one of them say, like, hey, we know you're working for us, but we're going to throw you out of the boat, Ted Cruz, because <laughs> we, don't, we don't take kindly to your type. But nobody was even near them when that conversation happened. But Oh, I'm sorry. G.I. Joe rule number one. <laughs> Everybody hear can it. hear everybody else. I, I am wrong. But even then, give, maybe it's the modern, like, cynic of political process of me. There's a way to spin everything. You could say and do anything. This this particular election coming up has already proven that. I think this is, like, the day before the election. So if this was a month before the election, I think he could spin it. But the day before, I don't think so. I'm just saying, how big a story is this that he only gets... Two votes. Two votes. Also, I'm pretty sure that's not how voting works. He gets t- well in the city, citywide for mayor, maybe. Yeah. But isn't there like a, a like a margin of error on those things, like plus or minus? Here's the thing: there's only two million. Well, technically, two million one hundred four thousand nine hundred thirty-eight people. Voting, uh, uh, 940 people voting in the city. So they were able to do a hand count. This is before, obviously, we're doing a lot of the uh, uh, insta-polling. This, these are the actual results but as tallied. Is there not one idiot out there who just accidentally clicks the wrong box? It's just so convenient that the only two people that voted for Harper yeah. were Tomax and Zaymot. Or does what I do anytime they have like judges on the ballot. I'm like, la, 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 clicking boxes. But you don't do that for mayor. No, I would hope. I'm saying uh, there's got to be someone out there. That's actually, like, you know I what I do? I go find uh, uh, websites because there are uh, like uh, <laughs> hardcore right wing Christian organizations that do their voting thing. Like, don't vote for this judge. Don't vote for this judge or this judge. I'm like, cool. You're Those are the judges I'm voting for. Those are the judges that are trying to separate church and state. <laughs> oh, cool. I found my candidates. I guess I'm just saying if Adolf Hitler was back from the dead and running for mayor of Enterprise City. He would get some votes. He'd pull more than two yeah. votes, regardless of anything. There's there's You're no right. Crimson Guardsmen who vote in that city who just happen to live there. If we remember right, there's a whole underground tunnel structure well, I of would, residents. I would, imagine, <laughs> I would imagine that Cobra is going to have a really stern meeting later <laughs> in the week. Like He's going to be like, ah, so listen, guys, only two of you actually voted... <laughs> We really got to get our numbers up. And then they're going to be like, someone's going to be like, but you didn't vote either. He's like, shut up, shut up. I'm not registered in Enterprise City. (laughs) I don't exist. I'm 12. I can't vote yet. (laughs) I See, I actually took the opposite from this particular episode is I feel like this plan was so badly put together and so poorly thought out on every possible angle that it wasn't. I did because it was just so Weird. This to me was like some ground floor the wire stuff. It was. Yep. Where yep. you're like, oh yeah, get get a politician in your pocket and everything else is so much easier. Holy I'm- shit. If we could get Tommy Carchetti, the actor, uh, I think it's Aiden Gillen, <laughs> yeah. to play uh, uh, Cobra Commander in the next G.I. Joe movie. All about I'd be that. on board with that. Uh, also, he plays little fingers. I know. So. Ah, he's awesome. He just has to pick an accent and stick with it, though. Sure. Pick snake <laughs> accent. We're fine. I don't know. I guess my my whole thought though is just like Cobra Commander. This is so ill conceived and such a such a bad plan to begin with. I guess my thought is Cobra Commander's like, well, that one didn't work. Ah, that was one of the side ops. You know, actually, that was one of the alternate non storyline missions. I think compared to their other storylines, this was showing some some foresight. This to was be actually honest. pretty pretty smart. Oh. Yeah, oh. like this was this was them being like, all right, we've tried brute strength, that hasn't worked. 
We've tried uh, making animals do our dirty work for us. It's true. That didn't work. Let's get in on the bottom floor of politics. Okay. And then there, this was probably a test run for the presidential. So what I hear you guys saying is this episode is smart. It's me who's dumb. Oh, yes. 100%. I feel like I've been saying that <laughs> I was every hoping for a, a little pushback. <laughs> oh, oh, my You're goodness. in the wrong room. Oh, no. I'm dying by a train tonight, guys. <laughs> I feel Help like me, G.I. Joe podcast. I'm tied to the train tracks. Sorry, Ray. So Gina did this past the Bechdel test. It's so past it. Like a hundred times. A lot. My goodness Even the gracious. La- I feel like the very last. Oh, no. The very last scene is is the twins. But the scene right before the last scene is them with Pilar's mom and they're making jokes, cracking wise. It's all, all the ladies, all the ladies in there. All the single ladies, <laughs> all the single ladies talk to each other, not about men. <laughs> I think that's how the song goes, right? Yep. <laughs> uh, so that's episode 20, everybody. Cobra's Candidate. We will be back next week with a new all Know Your Joe and an all new. Yeah, I flipped it, Chan. Don't worry about that. And an all new episode of Knowing is Half the Podcast, episode 21. I think this is the Money to Burn episode, which is the one where Cobra burns all the world's currency. Nice. Uh, I think that's the next one. I could be so wrong, much, though. I usually so am. So much pollution. So in any case, until then, my name is Ray Stucanus, and I am at Almighty Ray. I'm Robert Chan. I'm at 999 RPMs. I'm G- Gina Ippolito, and I'm at Gina Ippy. Who are you? I was going to say I'm G- Gina, Gina Ippy, and I'm at Gina Ippolito, but that's not right. That would be wrong. <laughs> nice. Completely. It's getting pretty late. We should. We oh, should. I guess we're done, everybody. I got to finish this delightful curry soda. Ugh. Good night. <laughs>